That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Fobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hey, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. Dr. David Miller, ND, Dr. Michelle Pobega, ND. Hey, Dave, how are you? Yeah, good. Good. I'm good. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. Do you feel like your breath has been a lot better since taping your mouth shut for the sleepings? It has been better. Yeah. I just told someone today. Yeah. I said, I think I had one day of self recognized <laughs> halitosis. I have started taping my mouth consistently for the last week and I switched the type of tape because before I was using more of that uh, papery type of white tape and you told me use the clear one and it does. And I felt like it was going to rip my lips off for some reason, the white, the white papery one. And this one feels like it's a little less aggressive trying to get it off. So I've been able to consistently do it. My breath is stank in the morning. Obviously, that's not pathological, it's just, but that's not pathological. You're right. And then I do my oil cleansing. Now I'm going back to oil pulling every morning too, just to maintain my oral health and stuff like that. When, just, do, you do, when do you do the pulling? Do you do it before, after uh, brushing, flossing? What do you do? See, I've heard different things. Some people say before, some people have said after, and I don't really think it makes a difference. I think if you do it, you benefit from it. <laughs> yeah. So I tend to, I tend to. That sounds I, like an answer I would say. I, like I tend it. to like. <laughs> I tend to like doing it first yeah. because like my mouth just feels so gross and I just want to swish things and spit it out. And then I I floss and like, and brush and then my teeth feel so great. And I feel like through the winter and cold months, it's nice to do that just to maintain like a healthy oral microbiome. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, So I don't know. Uh, I had no complaints about halitosis personally, but I feel like these efforts are probably just going to serve me in more than one way, including any type of stank breath that I might possess. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's our topic Look, for people, today, everyone. Yeah, halitosis is our topic. I just, just want to finish off what you're talking there with the mm-hmm. uh, oil pulling. You know, when you when you like clean dishes or whatever, you use like physical abrasive force to get more bigger to get bigger stuff off, and then you maybe use a chemical thing a chemical agent like uh soap right after i haven't figured out what makes the most sense with the oil pulling at first i thought maybe you do it last because it's the it's the least abrasive physical sort of thing but that's um, what i've heard too and i've heard i've heard both when mm -hmm. you when you look it up a lot of people say to do it first and then i was where was i i was sitting somewhere or i was watching something and maybe it was a biological dentist and i think they recommended doing it after so i don't i don't know um i think your answer is the it covers it though. Like, I don't know if it makes that big of a difference. I don't think it makes a big difference either way. Like, I think just the, the biggest difference is between not doing, doing it and doing it. Or it. Not doing it. Yeah. So, so I've been doing that as part of my routine, and uh, the mouth taping is interesting. It's so yeah. funny because sometimes I've had to like cough, and then I'm just like coughing off these tiny little <laughs> opening corners of my mouth. 
So no other benefits that you can perceive from the milk taping? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. It's only been a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if my, my sleep has necessarily been better or not. However, um, I just feel like based on everything we know, and as we've talked about in the previous podcast, so the listeners, if you haven't checked it out, please check out our previous podcast about, it's called Shut Your Mouth. And uh, yeah, I think it's worth doing regardless. Huh. It, like like we talked about in the episode too, it might not somehow create some dramatic shift in me. It might be accumulative and gradual mm-hmm. and I just reap the benefits of it regardless if I feel it or not. So I'm just going to trust the process and go with it. That a girl. Yeah. I like it. But yeah. Yeah. And then okay. the reason I was thinking about the reason I thought about the topic of halitosis or stinky breath, bad breath for today's episode, we's what wheeze was because <laughs> of our mouth taping. Wheeze, is that like use guys? Wheeze guys? <laughs> wheeze, wheeze guys. <laughs> um, uh, because of your comments about how your breath has started to shift with taping your mouth. Yeah. And then how uh, I've had some co- people come in, funnily enough, shortly after that, their primary concern wasn't halitosis, but they've kind of mentioned it as a as an aside, yeah. being like, also, my breath's been a little bit stinky. So I thought, you know, it'd be interesting to talk about this because yeah. it's kind of connected to, to a few different things here. Um, but yeah, and I think part of, you know, a big part of um, maintaining a healthy oral microbiome, which is a big part of halitosis, is saliva production and making sure your salivary glands and everything is filtering out and being lubricated. So mouth breathers tend to have a drier mouth, which is likely why they have stinkier breath. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so uh, tons of benefits yeah. uh, to, to it, but I, I would say like, like our topic today being on halitosis, the <laughs> benefits uh, it sounds like for mouth taping, which we've already covered yeah. seem to be more, focused on um depending on what you read but it seems like more uh research and and results focused on dental health and yeah. with regards to halitosis it's interesting because as a naturopath we learn in school about these conditions that can lead to halitosis like uh liver and kidney issues i specific you know and right you can smell kind of ketones in the breath of a diet yeah diabetic diet. ketosis and yeah things like yeah. that so i was when i went to do the research i thought there'd be a lot more but it looks like the sort of a causal uh, patterns with with uh, halitosis seem to be more like you said eighty to ninety percent. The research I saw said eighty seven percent oral mm-hmm. oral I, origin issues. Oral, yeah. Um, with thirteen percent being extra oral, uh, meaning like you know ear, nose, throat, period. Uh, sorry, yeah. Ear, uh, nose, throat, lung health, respiratory, and typically upper GI, but some lower GI. Yeah, bowel will, will smell like a fecal kind of smell. Yeah, which, which is really gross. Probably, but you know, it's probably quite serious too if you've if got it's, it. If it's if it's gotten there, then yeah, it's something not good. something really is not good. You got right? you got volatile sulfuric compounds coming probably all the way up from the, the colon into yeah out of the or being absorbed into the lung, lungs and out I, it's crazy so now i know i know that we don't really love like you and i are also i don't want to say suspicious but we are not quick to pull the trigger on the diagnosis of SIBO however hydrogen sulfide based SIBO those sulfur based microbes mm-hmm. typically those are the types of bacteria that just 
exist in the colon or other pathogenic bacteria. But a lot of our colonic bacteria do produce, produce some sulfur, if I'm, if I'm not correct. Like Klebsiella is a natural part of who we are, but if it's allowed to overgrow, then it becomes a problem and it's a sulfur-producing compound or sulfur-producing bacteria. So um, if there is a true SIBO and there's a sulfur-based overgrowth, then that might also be connected to some of the halitosis issues. Right, because uh, like you and I both saw that uh, when we did our little research to prepare, it's volatile sulfuric compounds. Yeah, from and it usually says microbial degradation in the oral cavity is the biggest issue, and it's usually because of these VFCs, the volatile Food sulfur bits. compounds. Um, <clears throat> so like hydrogen sulfide, methyl mercaptan, and then dimethyl sulfide. Um, are the, are the three most important ones. And they're usually produced by these gram negative anaerobic oral bacteria. But like we discussed, sulfur, hydrogen sulfide can also be from like colonic bacteria as well. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, proteolytic uh, anaerobic bacteria, that's like you said, the most common thing. And it, it looks like breaking down proteins, putrefaction sort of idea of, yeah. uh, of proteins, blood cells, and I'm saliva, not believe it or not, yeah. and other kinds of cells. So it's like a breakdown. It's like a, yeah, it's breakdown of some form of tissue or food that's usually causing this. So you can brush your teeth till the cows come home. Um, but if you don't get the ground beef out from bet between your teeth, then it, it's not going to help. I don't know. Maybe this is a really good PSA to floss, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Floss, Actually, do what you got to do. Yeah, I uh, love my flossing game too. We can talk about yeah. it another time, but... um. And I feel like people who are chronic snackers, this might be a bigger issue because there's constantly food coming into the mouth rather than giving that rest and digest. Because just like our digestive system needs a house cleaning opportunity in between meals, I imagine our oral microbiome needs to reset in certain ways too. So if you're constantly grazing, I wonder if that also throws things off. I mean, I can't unequivocally say that, but just from a logical perspective, that's where my head's going. Yeah, it's, it's that makes sense. There seems to be, that's a pattern in the body, right? You, you mm -hmm. push through do something and then you need to you need a break from it just like eating. yeah yeah um so there's so so secondary uh there's primary versus uh secondary uh halitosis and primary is respiration based so it's coming from the lungs that's kind of weird secondary they call it is mouth or upper airway and secondary can then be uh broken down into real halitosis pseudohalitosis or halitophobia um so that's Great just like, words. It's, it's kind of like a mental issue where <laughs> someone's like just so worried about um, mm. halitosis that, but they don't even have it. Um, like hypochondriac type like, almost. But yeah, when it comes exactly. To that's sort of idea. So that's more of like a, a mental, uh, mental psychological thing. And then uh, pseudohalitosis is where there is, uh, there is actually no halitosis. Um, so th the main halitosis we're talking about here is real halitosis which right. then can be subdivided into physical or physiological, sorry, physiological or pathological. So physiological is something you already talked about, which is morning breath. Yeah. It's a non-pathological form of halitosis. It's really not that big of a problem. Pretty yeah, much like everyone's got you're it. You're not getting the moisture overnight, you know? And, yeah. And, and so, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's yeah. normal to have it in the morning. Yeah. So And the problem, you, the problem resolves when you just go and brush your teeth, like solves the problem. It's not that big of a deal after. So quit slagging your partner if they got morning breath, maybe give them trouble about something else. But morning breath, 
if they're, if they're mouth breathers, then you can just start taping their yeah, mouth shut at tape least. Tape their mouth shut. <laughs> I threaten consent, my boyfriend all the time. <laughs> Please don't um, just do that without their permission. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Um, it's a bit trying probably to be with a naturopath. But anyway, uh, pathological, I, pathological. I've been told. I've been told. <laughs> the pathological uh uh, sort of subdivision of real halitosis goes into <laughs> what we were talking about before, yeah. which is oral versus extra oral. And that's, that's the sort of differentiating line. If you're sort of algorithm type um, where we get down to uh, 87% being oral and, and 13% being extra oral. Um, and some of the most, I mean, look, oral hygiene, it makes sense. That's why I bet you people can smell their own breath. They go and brush their teeth like crazy. Um, but uh, there's more to it than that because you could have gingivitis, you could have periodontitis, um, even the tongue coating at the very tongue back. Tongue coating, yeah. Yeah. So I I use this <laughs> flosser called the Slate Flosser. I would talk. We can talk about it another time, but it's got it's got a uh, tongue cleaner on it, just so it reminds you to do that at the end. Um, ear, nose, throat issues, uh, etiology, tonsillitis, sinusitis, foreign bodies, rhinitis. Tons tonsillitis that's a that's a big one too with just all yeah the, i mean like you can talk about pustulars that. and stuff coming out talk about mm. that for a whole episode um sinusitis <laughs> also could rhinitis just uh runny nose yeah um and then as you talked about uh it's normal to sort of have decreased saliva at night so dry mouth mm-hmm. and all that uh, but dry mouth would be made worse by um mouth breathing funnily enough is that a word is that an expression i don't know i hear it a lot F- funnily, funnily enough, enough <laughs> we're gonna do it we're going with it it looks because we can do it because we have a podcast. We can say things. Forty um, percent, it sounds like of uh, of kids with with uh, like dry mouth or sorry with with kids with bad breath because it apparently happens in kids a lot. Mm. Um, is it's just due to mouth breathing. So back I to went, our yeah. I mean, mouth breathing. xerostomia is patients who have dry mouth, um, and they often have an increased volume of like plaque on their teeth and their tongue because they're not producing the saliva to be able to flush and lubricate and, and kind of like rinse and repeat in their mouth to like clean things out. Mm -hmm. So a lack of salivary flow will lead to the disappearance of any kind of antimicrobial activity that the saliva would obviously like naturally possess. Um, and then there's just a, a, an overgrowth of bacteria. So um, this can be from diabetes, Shrogan syndrome, stress, depression, medications, mouth breathing, and alcohol abuse apparently can all cause uh, xerostomia. And then the elderly often suffer from this a little bit more. I guess, as, you know, as you age, things just don't, you don't produce your juices as well. You don't produce digestive juices as well. You don't produce like saliva as well. Everything just kind of dries up a little bit more. So this is a big deal as well. And, and Shrogan's is a, is a, is a big autoimmune condition where everything is dry, dry eyes, dry mouth, dry this. Um, dry everything. I have, I have only one or two clients. I think I have one client that has Shrogan's, but it hasn't been formally diagnosed, but I'm, I'm suspicious that they do. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You said um, the dry mouth thing. And I, I just got, I just got thinking of uh, Alzheimer's where they have that, they have issues um, maintaining oral health here. I'm just wondering if that hmm. there's some link there between, between uh, acetylcholine um, and uh, cholinergic uh, sort of neurochemistry and Alzheimer's. I'll have to look at it another time, but um, I hmm. wonder if there's a link there because I, a long time ago, uh, 
a naturopath who's just who graduated a little bit earlier than us. I remember um, she used uh, citicoline or yeah, I think it was citicoline for dry mouth just to support uh, cholinergic. Uh, mm. Yeah. And it, it, it was, I mean, look, it's anecdotal, but um, sometimes that's how we learn stuff guys, to be honest. Yeah. I was reading something where even like an increase in the salivary pH um, might also yeah, problematic above 6.5 <laughs> can be problematic. And that can start to it, maybe allow for the development of a malodor. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that it, was interesting. I saw that was 6.5 was the normal and, and it was counterintuitive to me because it said uh, it can get uh, it's not if it's not acidic enough, it's it's a it's a bad thing. So um but just like anything, there needs to be a fine balance. You know what I mean? You're, you're, yeah, exactly. You're, right. Just because like you want the growth, you want the flourishing of certain microbes, but not others. And then that exactly. pH is going to dictate that just like the pH of our stomach versus the small intestines versus the colon is all going to be a little bit different based on the, the types of microbes we want to flourish in those areas exactly, or not, or not flourish in those areas. So yeah. So apparently, uh, apparently you can increase nitric oxide. It, it sounds like almost across the board, increasing nitric oxide in the oral pharynx is very helpful. That, that's hmm. They talk about it in the book Breath, which is why I'm doing the um, mouth taping. But humming, apparently. Humming can increase nitric oxide and help a little bit with mouth breathing. So it's something you can get kids to do. Hum. Oh, it also stimulates your vagus nerve. So I wonder if there's a weird connection with all of that things. too. It's just a lot of stuff. Humming might, is cool. Might irritate, might irritate the people around you if you don't know how to hum very nicely. But anyway... Thought that was cool. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. And then and then when it comes to uh yeah, so we have like tonsillitis. So a lot of the infections are going to be streptococcus based, uh, or also viral infections, um, like mono. Um and so so tonsillitis can obviously cause a larger amount of like abnormal. It says the presence of tonsil tonsoliths represents a tenfold increased risk of abnormal vsc levels those volatile sulfuric compound levels which is pretty incredible mm-hmm. um so that might be a big part and that would also lead to maybe poor mouth breathers because of that back of the you know when the tonsils are really big especially in kids they have a difficulty breathing so then mm-hmm. there's even more mouth breathing so then you're also just perpetuating this problem a little bit more post-nasal drip and like you mentioned, like rhinitis, sinusitis, pulmonary issues. But I think the interesting component for Dave and I, as always, is the gut-related component to this, which is often overlooked. So a lot of people, most oral halitosis or most halitosis can be solved by taking care of the oral cavity a lot of the times or within that vicinity. But I think some of the ones that are more difficult to solve that people come in and they complain about to us, they're like, I tried brushing my teeth. I tried doing this. I was doing mouth scraping. I was, you know, then I start to think, okay, lower down GI often or chronic infection, maybe like a lung or something, but, uh, um, esophageal or stomach issues always comes to mind. Actually, you, you didn't say it. I don't think you said it about H pylori. Not yet. Okay. Sorry. I said it. I don't remember if we said at the beginning, but no, not yet. We talked about it in our pre-talk, but yeah, it looks like uh, it's really common. Yeah. Um, is so, it correlational or causational? I I, I, I think know. I, I saw something where it says there's in the article that I was reading, it says there's no 100% clear correlation found between 
ulcers and uh, ulcers caused by H. pylori and halitosis. However, in vitro studies show significant VSC production by H. pylori and other research confirmed that statement as well. So it's suggestive that H. pylori was detective in people who have periodontitis, um, which creates periodontal pockets and inflammation that can favor the colonization of different kinds of species that H. pylori can also infect. Um, but then I also wonder how H. pylori thrives in a low stomach acid environment and it perpetuates a low stomach acid environment by breaking it up um, with its uh, enzymatic activity. And I wonder if it's, if you're not making enough stomach acid, your food, does it then ferment more in your stomach? And that creates more gas, which I think is often associated with like reflux and GERD and burping and stuff. And then would that also contribute that weird fermentation contribute to an odor that would come otherwise come up the esophagus? Yeah, it's a good question. Microbes aside, you know what I mean? Uh, I've always wondered about that because a, if your stomach is, so we were looking also learning about like also gastric ptosis through the visceral manipulation course and how, if your stomach has become elongated and it sits lower, the, the pylorus sits lower in your digestive system, then food has a more difficult time coming back up to the pylorus sphincter to be pushed into the du duodenum. So does that just sit there and fester? And then what yeah, does that question. do? <laughs> you know, like, and then how does that translate to fermentation, odor, bacterial growth, and then stink? Yeah, putrefaction might be increased in the presence of insufficient stomach acid hmm. higher up so, on the line. Who knows? I mean, what we do know is there's about. a link. That's what I think about. That's know, where my head is... almost immediately goes when I think about stuff. Even without looking at the research, and I was like, it's putrefying in your body unnecessarily. <laughs> and a lot so, of people have low stomach acid, as you and I can attest to oh my God, with patients so who come to see us. So I'm so just kind of like, God. So anyways, yeah. So here, I thought, so we didn't give too much uh, other uh, time here to the systemic extra oral conditions that can manifest in, in halitosis. I thought I'd just quick run through mm -hmm. the ones that I saw in the research. So with diabetes mellitus, there'll be a fruity smell. Mm -hmm. With uh, kidney issues, there'll be an ammonia type smell, which mm. is interesting because uh, urea is a uh, nephrotoxin. Um, yeah. Asthma. It's, it's or or cystic fibrosis they said there's an acidic kind of smell i don't know how acidic smells but uh maybe if people have asthma can relate then that's cool mm -hmm. uh, the other ones all make sense to me hepatic sounds uh smells musty or mousy that sounds pretty special interesting um musty or mousy i've had mouse problems in the past so i i i know what um, they're talking about there <laughs> nasal uh if it's if it's a nasal sort of origin it smells more cheesy um and bowel origin sound smells more fecal sort of smell like i would i wonder if they mean uh cadaverous kind of fecal smell anyway I smell like literally smell like poopy breath just crazy and then uh these vscs i've heard of vocs before i never i didn't hear of vscs until today these volatile so, so yeah interesting volatile sulfuric uh compounds inhibit osteoformation so you know, it becomes another problem when you when you're exposed to these uh, volatile volatiles uh, from the from the halitosis, you will actually contribute to bone loss. Hmm. In the and you don't want to lose bones in your in your mouth. 
Guys, everything is connected. You have an imbalance in one area, your body compensates or that continues to just spiral. Like it's not like your organs are not isolated in a vacuum, right? So as much as we love these like testings where they Petri dish this and they segregate and they separate and they compartmentalize and whatever, everything is an ecosystem that affects everything else in our body. So I'm not surprised by that. I just didn't know specifically that detail, but it's not surprising. Yeah. Right. So, so big, big picture here for me, Mm. um, you know, there's, there's a uh, understandable link between our previous podcast on mouth uh, taping, shut your mouth and and this one on halitosis. And I I think in terms of like how I practice, I don't think I'm going to go through every single, if someone says bad breath, first of all, it's not usually people's number one concern. Um, uh, but if I'm going to think of how I would manage it, I'd be like, okay, do you brush and floss? Like, okay. Do If you don't do, I'd say that's pretty standard to at least brush. It's probably not as standard as it should be to brush and floss. But if you brush and floss, good. And the next thing, you know, if I'm, if they come back and there's still, there's, there's some issue with it, I'd, I'd be like, probably tape, sh- shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. I'd say mouth taping would be next on my thoughts, especially in the absence of like other signs and symptoms and labs that show that your kidneys are mangled or your liver's mangled or whatever. And frankly, like your body's going to benefit from that in a number of ways, right? Subtle or non-subtle ways. Yeah. And then gingivitis, you'll know probably if your gums bleed, uh, Mm -hmm. if you, you know, if they bleed, then you probably have that. So like you can rule out a lot of the, the, uh, easier stuff with sort of standard issue uh, care yeah. that is like normal, I would say generally normal hygiene. And and if you have a dentist, then even better. Um, but yeah, I, 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 this is the link between mouth breathing is that it's probably the next thing I try as a sort of low cost, low energy, low effort, whatever kind of thing to try that may give you some, some benefit. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really great. I think, I think that helps. And I think that's a good, quick, efficient and cost-effective solution. And I think, you know, based on the work you and I do, we work on a lot of gut stuff. I work on a lot of microbial things. I work on a lot of detoxification things. And I've had people just comment that their breath smell doesn't smell as much as it used to when you just start Mm -hmm. fixing other parts of the body and allowing things to make sense, work in harmony. So, but I think mouth taping is going to be a recommendation of mine. I think a little bit more frequently. Um, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Like, just like we said at the end of the mouth breathing episode, why not? Yeah. Right. Nobody likes stinky breath. So no, and it's just a if, sign. Yeah. And you know, yeah. So I got three M next care, uh, in, in the clinic. And I just, i show people how I do it basically every time someone new comes in or I haven't seen someone in a while, I just show them how to tape the mouth shut. Um, just well, why not? That, I'm just like, uh, when I wear my lipstick on days to clinic, that may or may not be as effective for me, but I can show them the day. Oh my God. That's see. Life, Girl problems. Life, life as a biological male is sometimes simpler. I have to, I have to admit it. Girl problems. Yeah. Yeah, nice <laughs> lipstick though. Again, Michelle, um, you'll have to, you'll find a way. I'll have a you'll lipstick a moment. Way. I know. I don't yeah. even know if I've ever demonstrated. I'll just be like, "Hey, just tape your mouth. Just get this type of tape and just do it." <laughs> like, just... Here, take this piece of tape and put it on your own mouth. Here, yeah, that's what you could do. Just I put go it on here to here. Could... It's great. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's okay. Good. So, 
If you got the stinky, stinky breath, breath, guys, listen to shut your mouth. <laughs> Why do we say it like that? You have to say it like that. That's the way you wrote it. You can't say it any other way. No. It would be it would be a disservice <laughs> to our our clever our abilities to be clever to say it yeah. any other way. All right, okay. guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Oral care. Breathe through your nose. And if those don't help it, work with a naturopath to start addressing maybe deeper dysfunction. You got it. Ta-da. Now it's time to shut my mouth too. <laughs>